Real people. Real opinions. Real Talk Radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. The Gardaí should have the power to caution rather than prosecute people with severe addictions to drugs such as ecstasy or cocaine. This is according to the minister responsible for the drug strategy. Frank Fien said he believed it was in the public interest to avoid prosecuting those with serious mental health or addiction issues. A high-level cross-department task force set up by the Justice Minister, Helen McEntee, took a look at mental health and addiction within the criminal justice system, recommending that Gardaí get powers to caution rather than charge people caught in possession of drugs eh, if for personal use. So this is decriminalisation under a fancy name, isn't it? It is understood that Angarda Sheikh Khan and the government will consider the measures as well as the full rollout of a pilot Limerick programme that supports people who come to the attention of officers through a community hub. Now, since 2020, Gardaí have had the power to apply cautions rather than pursue criminal prosecutions for people who've been caught with cannabis for personal use. And this is the same in England, by the way, as well. And I don't see that's just such a bad thing. Uh, you shouldn't be smoking cannabis, but at the end of the day, if you have enough in your pocket for your own personal use, I would hate to think you'd get a criminal record and never be able to leave the country or go to America or somewhere. However, the task force report said that the existing law does not include all forms of cannabis and the law should be expanded to include drugs such as MDMA, known as ecstasy, uh, and cocaine, class A drugs as well. Now, it goes on to say that I would support that measure, said the Junior Health Minister Frank Fien. It is in line with the government strategy of taking a health-led approach to drugs. Now, Aon O'Riordan talked about this a while ago as well. He said backing the expansion of the adult caution scheme was his own view and he was not making an announcement on behalf of the Department of Health. He said uh, he agreed with Kathleen Lynch, the former Minister of State for Mental Health, who had led the task force and who said there was no point and no public interest in putting people with severe addiction and low-grade drug offences in prison. Yeah. Anyway, in its final report, the task force said the extension of the audit or the adult caution scheme to cover simple possession of other drugs could have the beneficial effect of preventing a person in crisis from entering the criminal justice system and may represent an opportunity for signposting to the appropriate health services. Miss Lynch also said this measure would be for people who are very heavily addicted and not individuals who are found in possession of drugs for sale or distribution. In other words, they're not talking about dealers, they're talking about people who are using it for personal possession. Because realistically, when they're talking about people who are allowing people who are addicts off, so to speak, well, anybody taking a Class A drug is an addict, essentially. Because you can't not be an addict if you're taking Class A drugs. Anyway, so she said, we're talking about people with severe addiction or people who are known for low-grade offences. What is the point in putting people like that in prison? Yeah, I suppose. What's the point in having laws, Kathleen? Addiction and mental health services may be limited on the outside, but they're going to be much more limited on the inside. This is according to the Irish Independent. Now, so she said changing the law would give the Gardaí the discretion to divert marginalised people away from the criminal justice system. In other words, letting them off. That's a fancy way of saying letting them off. And I don't know whether you agree, you know, feeling sorry for somebody. Oh, God bless them. They're an addict. Can't put them in jail. Because let's be clear, most addicts have to get their gear from somewhere and they can't afford it themselves because most of them are not working. So where are they getting it from? Where They're obviously stealing to get money. So today I want to know, is this a green light for drug use? Do you agree with the idea of decriminalisation of Class A drugs in society? That's essentially what they're saying. Decriminalisation. 
not going to be selling it in corner shops or anything like that. But in other words, if guards stop somebody and they have a wrap on them of cocaine or whatever it is, and they look like an addict, Asher, here, look, tell you what, go to the local rehab here. Here's a phone number for you. We're not going to bring you to court at all. So what's the point in having the law, really, is there? So, in other words, decriminalisation. Is it a good thing or is it a bad thing? You let me know what you think. The number is 87 Do you agree with the decriminalisation of Class A drugs? I'm not talking about cannabis here, okay? Carl, you're in Ireland's Classic Kids Radio. How you doing, Carl? How's it going, Noel? Carl, is this a good thing or a bad thing? It's a bad thing. <laughs> and I'm an addict. Like, I'm, I'm in recovery, but I'm an addict. But, okay. like, uh, like, if you see me 17, 18 months ago, you, you wouldn't think I was an addict. But if the guard caught me and I had cocaine in his pocket, and, uh, like, anybody can just turn around and say, listen, I'm an addict, guard. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think it's a good thing. But I do think, like, if they're going to do something like this, um, like uh, slapping the hand or whatever they're saying, like, I think they should get, say, say to them, if they're a genuine addict, say, listen, this is the way it's going to be. You're, you're going to have to go into treatment. We're going to help you get into treatment and, and help you recover. And if not, well, then you go to jail. Yeah. I mean, do you, do you think it sends out when you start talking about decriminalization? I know it's slightly different to legalization, but decriminalization, whereby you don't put people in jail, do you think it sends out a, a bad message in society, to, particularly to young people? Oh, 100% it does, yes. Like, 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 I was using cocaine for 20 years. Yeah. And I was one time, I was caught with a, a, a 100 euros worth of cocaine. But nothing happened to me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because it, it's it, like it, it's not worth that. It's not worth that. That paperwork, basically. You know what I mean? Yeah. So how much? How much are they? How much are they talking about? Say I was walking down the street with a half ounce of cocaine. And well, I suppose you could. You could argue that's for personal use, couldn't you? Yeah. Well, you could, and you could say an ounce is for personal use over a weekend. But yeah. like, is that okay? No, it's not. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, it's it's like like drugs are a horrible thing and an addict it, it, being an addict you have an illness and I know some people don't agree with that and that's fine but it is an illness and and I, I just what you said there if you're an addict you will you will you will rob all of your all of your granny you know what I mean and yeah. it's not nice you're, you're, you're not the person you're meant to be so you'll do anything to go out and get it and as I said if I'm walking down the street with a half ounce of cocaine and a, a, a guard stops me and says, what are you doing with that? I said, well, a guard, I'm an addict. Well, look, I'm allowed to have this. You know what I mean? And when, when, was, when was the last time you you had some? When, when was the last time? You, I, I know uh, you say you're a recovering uh, addict now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it'd be 18 months uh, next month. Good man. And, and how do you feel now? Well, I, I do me meetings. I do me meetings. So, yeah, I, I sponsor people as well. And uh, okay. I... I I, I reach out to people and people reach out to me. I, I point them in the right direction. Do you know what I mean? Really I, I'm assuming, I, I would like to think life is back on the upward spiral again. It was, oh, it, it, it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, listen, in, in recovery, and if you're willing to put the work in recovery, you won't lose on. You'll only gain. You know but but isn't this the argument that Aon O'Riordan and others are making, right? That... Yeah. If, for example, they put you in jail, it's not going to achieve anything, right? This is the argument. Whereas if they encourage you into recovery or encourage you into rehab or encourage you into whatever program it happens to be, that it's a better option rather than banging you into jail and charging you. That's what they're saying. Yeah, well, 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 I would agree with that. But at the same time, 
you have to want this stuff. And it's, if, um, like, like, a lot of people, a lot of addicts do want to stop. But it's down, it, it's getting, putting your foot through that door, admitting, admitting you're an addict, and putting the walk in. A lot of addicts are afraid of putting the walk in, unfortunately. Do and do you, do you have, do you have, if it's, now if it's none of my business, just tell me, yeah. right? But I'm just curious. Do you have many convictions? Uh, none. Okay, that's good. Yeah. So, but, yeah. but it obviously affected your life drastically. Oh, I tell you. Well, what are done to me? Around me, like the people around me at the late, at the later stages, like see me. I want, I was doing drugs on my own. Like cocaine is meant to be a social drug, but when it, when the party's over, it's over. Like I was going out with cocaine in his pocket, going into the toilet in a pub, doing a, a couple of sniffs of cocaine, and I was going home then. We couldn't be around anyone. You know what I mean? And like, where and where were you getting the money from, Carl? I was I walked. Okay, so every every but bean I, you I, earned was going on cocaine. But, but I tell you this, I wasn't paying me maintenance. I wasn't paying me rent. Um, I had no milk in the fridge. Everything was going on cocaine. I, I have no idea how much cocaine costs. So I don't, I, I you know, yeah. so how much? I, I a lot. Well, okay, per day. How much would you spend per day on cocaine? Well, I wouldn't do it every day. Okay. Right? I wouldn't do it every day. Okay, weekly, but, then, weekly. Weekly, you're looking at between 500 Wow. That's where I was. That's where I was. Like, well, you must have had a me. decent job to be spending that kind of money. No, well, listen, like, I got myself into an awful lot of debt still. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, like, a lot of people say, well, I only use it on the weekend. I only drink once a week. I only do it, like, when I'm drinking. But well, then that's a problem. Yeah. No, it is a problem. If you need that to go out, you have a problem. And just because you do it once a week, you know what I mean? It doesn't matter. If you need that, just for that one night, that's a problem, and people don't realise that. See, the well, the biggest problem we have in society at the moment is Class A drugs are illegal, right? So it's illegal yeah. to be in possession of cocaine, MDMA, or heroin, yeah. or whatever it is, and yet nothing is ever done about it. Nobody's going to get arrested in this country and put in jail for being in possession of drugs. They generally don't, okay? Unless they've yeah. done something else as well with it, or they've a million previous convictions, right? So yeah. the, and the guards tend not to even bother with it. I mean, you, uh, we've talked about this a million times. You can walk down O'Connell Street or down the boardwalk there and you see people banging up openly and nobody yeah. does a blind thing about it, right? So we have two choices. We do what they're just suggesting, which is we decriminalise it and pay no attention to it anymore and let them should get on their way and help and give them places to do it if you want, like the injection centres and all sorts of things. Yeah. Or we take it seriously and take the law seriously and the guards start picking people up and throwing them in a the cell for a few nights. So we have a choice. We, there's only two ways of, of dealing with it. Yeah, but well, like, I'm all for helping addicts, you know what I mean? And, yeah, yeah. And, I, I've never yeah and, and I agree with you, but as your own words, some addicts don't want help. Yeah, I've never been to jail, but I hear stories. Like, it's, it's, some people can say it's easier to get the... The drugs in there, yeah. In, in there than it is out here. So we don't know, we just hear that. So, if there's ways of helping, like, a caution, like, what is a caution? Do you know what I mean? Listen, like, do it. The guards should take the drugs off you and, and tell you to go on your way. Well, I, don't, I don't even know whether they take them off you or not in relation to a caution. Yeah. Well, actually, yeah. well, hang on a second because let me just go to Peter as well. Peter, you're an yeah. Ireland's Classic Gets Radio. How are you doing, Peter? How's it going, Niall? Okay, you, you listened to Carl there, recovering addict. You're also a recovering addict, well, a long time ago, of course. But no, no, I don't believe in... I'm a, I'm a recovered addict. Recovered addict. All right, I'm okay. A recovered addict. Yeah. Okay, well, look, Carl will be in your position, hopefully, uh, someday soon, where he's been, a, it's been a long time since he's been down that road. But, I mean... Carl, the, Carl, Carl's a recovered addict also. 
Okay. Well, okay. <laughs> yeah, let's not let's not fight over words. Yeah. By the way, I'm kind of like you, Peter. It's like you know when people say, uh, "Niall, I'm an alcoholic, but I haven't drank in ten years." Right? Yeah. I always say to people, "Why do you keep labeling yourself an alcoholic?" Like, for example, I'm a smoker. If I gave up smoking tomorrow, and somebody said to me next week, "Do you smoke?" I'd say, "No." I wouldn't say I'm a recovered smoker. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So I, I know. Yeah. Anyway, get, that's just we're panning over words now. Uh, getting back to what we're talking about, Peter, you, you've listened to what Carl said. Yeah, he's going. He's currently going to meetings and everything else, and it's working out well for him. And he nearly destroyed his life, just as you did destroy your life. Um, but I mean, is this a good idea that we basically abandon the idea of you know people having criminal prosecutions unless they're dealing, obviously, and uh, you know we offer this kind of soft touch approach to them and kind of just let them away with it if they're addicts. Um, the soft touch, the, the approach that should be, um, if someone is caught with a small amount of stuff and they're using it for themselves, there should be an option of a guard or some sort of a thing where they're sent to a, a recovery or a rehab centre and they're given a chance to, to deal with their addiction. Like, so that's, that's something I'd always be an advocate for that. Like, if you're caught by the police and you have your bit on you for your own bit of use, yeah. Um, that you should. They should have some. There should be somewhere in this country for people that have problems with whatever drug it is. There should be somewhere for them to be gone straight away and to help them to deal with that problem. But the thing about it is, you know as well as I do, and we've talked about this before, that there are many places for them to go. But the success rate of a lot of these programs is abysmal. Because, yeah. And not just because the program isn't great. And we do spend a lot of money on programs in this country. It's because the addicts go in and, you know, something like 80% of them don't even finish the course and walk out. And out of the 20% that successfully finish the course, within, I believe, there's, there's an 80%, or don't take these facts as verbatim, but something like 80% of them go back on drugs as soon as they get back out in the street again. But at least you're giving them that chance. And maybe if, like, if, of every 10 person that was stopped and, and searched, if, t- if two out of them 10 made, it wouldn't it be worth it? Mm-hmm. Like... You know what I mean? To have two less people, two less families been destroyed by, by that sort of life. To, um, so, like, it could work to a certain extent. 20% is better than, you know, the success rates of coming out of Mount Joy and other prisons in this country. And it's, it's just something that I think, if they're given a caution um, for drug use that they have of their own, that they should be given a chance to change their lives, whether it be through rehab, whatever um, um, place they have to go. That should be attached to that. Um, you know what I mean? That should be an attachment to it. But, I mean, is it is it the wrong message to send out in society? And I understand the point that both of you are making, and I do understand the point that the government is making in relation to it. Uh, you guys are somewhere in the middle on this, to be honest with you. But my thinking is, you know, I have a father of three children who are all growing up now. From the age of 12, when they started to understand life to some degree, my line to them was... Drugs are bad. I always used to say drink was bad too, but that's because I'm a non-drinker, right? But drugs are bad. Drugs are bad. Drugs are illegal. Stay away from it. Whereas now we're sending out a message that, yeah, it's, you know what I mean? It's okay if you're taking drugs. Sure, but we're there to help you. Do you know what I mean? I mean this this idea that we, but this idea that we can't use the word junkie anymore because somehow it's offensive. I mean this is wrong because they they say they don't want a stigma. There should be a stigma attached to it. The same way. There should be a stigma attached to smokers. There should be a, t- a stigma attached to people who drink too much. There should be a stigma because if there's no stigma, what's to stop people wanting to do it? 
Niall, when we were in school, they used to bring around this picture of a girl with bruises all down her arms and in bits because of drugs. And then they'd bring in a, a police officer come in and, and give a talk on drugs. And uh, we seen all that when we were in school, in primary school. Mm-hmm. But it, it didn't prevent me when the time came for taking drugs. Um, I seen drug addicts growing up all my life and I used to call them junkies myself. And then I ended up being one. So there is always that stigma attached to it. And you can never like um, get away from it. Look around the inner city, look around you know, the certain estates and the drugs, and you see the the hurt and the pain it's causing people. So, like, that stigma is always there, whether people see it or not. It's a horrible, horrible life to live, and it's an actual horrible, horrible situation to try and get help to get out of. And there's not, there's not enough being done to help people get out of that situation that they're in. Yeah, but I've, I've had Maliki Steenson, who worked in the city centre, he's been on the air many times, and talk about the fact that, you know, outside his solicitor's office when he was there, the amount of people that are loitering around, he talked about the rehabs, you know, that are around, and the amount of money that's spent on NGOs in this country operating rehabs. I mean, it's like an industry. And, you know, there's a huge amount of money spent by the state supporting uh, drug users. A huge amount of money. And that, right down to methadone programs and everything, methadone is expensive. Uh, The state pays for it, taxpayers pay for it, and all it is is a replacement for heroin. Exactly. And <laughs> this is what, what the real problem is. All these places that the money is getting pumped into is just sticking a plaster over the problem. As I've said to you before, like, what's the, right, maybe some people believe in this, but I don't believe in having a, a, a drugs place in, the, in your local area where you go down and you talk to someone and you paint the picture and then you go home. I don't think money should be pumped into a place like that. I think the money should be pumped into... Even like a hospital facility where people go, they detox, you know, they they get counselling sessions. They go, it has to be done right. And all the the money that's get getting pumped into these local places, I'm not naming any of them, but I can get I can go down to one of them tomorrow and say I need help, and I'll go in and I'll paint a picture, have a cup of tea and a yap, and then I'll go home. And there's money getting pumped into this place, like for what? I mean, I'm looking at it, and it's a fair point. Somebody makes in a text here, or should I say a WhatsApp message. Niall, you're giving people the image that drug, uh, drug, drug addict is up in, uh, in Dublin on the back streets. Cocaine is in every pub, house party, glove box, uh, I'm assuming of many cars, of thousands of people in this country. Footballers, accountants, electricians, everyone is dabbling. And, yeah, and don't forget the doll toilets. So, sorry, say that again? Don't forget the doll toilets. The doll toilets, absolutely. Car, what did you say there? Yeah, no, I was just going to say that, like, like I'm not going to mention any profession, but I've been at house parties and just being some high-profile people in it and all. So, it's like, that, that cocaine, it's, it's like, you wouldn't see cocaine, like, on the streets, like, people, like, going around corners as much. I'm not saying you wouldn't see it, but it, it wouldn't, not as much. It's all done in bars, clubs, houses, standing in your, like, we, we, we used to have a, a, a mate's gaff. And we used to call it the nightclub. We'd be standing in the kitchen at three o'clock talking, talking crap. And the, the next week it'd be the same, the same conversation. But it happens. It happens all the time. It's ha- it's ha- cocaine I, is rampant. And it's can you, Car, can you remember the first line of cocaine you did? Oh, you can, yeah, yeah. And, and I loved it. Uh, okay, and what was the circumstance around that night? Do you, that night, what, what were you doing? Oh, were you... I, I, I was about seventeen years of age, and it was given to me. 
and uh, was asked for you, and I've done it, and I've loved it, and I've loved it for years, but at some stage, it, it stops working, do you know what I mean? Yeah, you stop loving and, it, of course, yeah. Yeah, you know, like the, the psychosis you get, you're, you're in your gaff in your own, you're looking out the window, you have your telly on zero, you're telling yourself to stay quiet, you're in your gaff in your own, it's just, it, 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 it's a life of misery, it's a life of misery, you know, like, you it's just horrible. Peter, do you, Peter horrible. do you remember the first time you took heroin? Yeah, I do, yeah. Got sick all over the place and said I'd never take it again. But you did? Yeah. I suppose it's the same. When, when I smoked my first cigarette when I was about 15 or whatever age I was, I got sick and I, then I smoked another one to recover. <laughs> so <laughs> so, so it, it's, always, it's kind of the same thing. And when you, when, you, when you took the heroin first... What age were you, Peter? No, I'm very sorry for interrupting you. I have to, I have to go here. Okay, so, no, uh, no problem at all. I appreciate it. Thank you very much for the call. And, and Peter, best of luck in your recovery. And, uh, no, thanks very much. Recovered, recovered. Oh, recovered, recovered. <laughs> okay. <laughs> thanks very much, Carl. Peter, getting back to the first time you took it, what age were you? 15. And at 15 years of age, were you aware that heroin was as dangerous as it is? Oh, 100%. But it was like... I won't get caught. I'll just do it once or twice and that's it. I won't get caught. I'll never be a junkie. And and I, pardon my ignorance, but when you took it at 15, did you inject it or smoke it or what did you do with it? Oh, no. Smoked it at first. Okay. Smoked it. And, and the effect of smoking it versus injecting it, uh, again, my ignorance, does it make a difference? Yeah, when you inject it, you, you get it straight away through the blood. When you smoke it, it takes a bit longer to come on you and okay. um, get stoned. But the, but the effect is very similar, I imagine, then, in the end. Yeah, exact same. Yeah. Right, okay. And then, at what? how long after 15 years of age, when you started frequently taking it, or maybe injecting it then at a later point, at what point did you realise yourself, I'm now in serious trouble, and I'm addicted, and I feel miserable? The first time I was 17, and my parents were just like, um, I've done it for my parents, my parents were heartbroken, like, they tried to raise me as best they could, you know, tried to keep me in school, tried to do all the best. I had great parents, but when I was just out with the lads and I was getting stoned and it just got a hold of me. And at 17 years of age, they brought me down to Sister Concilio's down in the toy. And it was the first, first time I went through rehab. Um, I was on a 14-week course down there, um, got clean. But the, I got home, the week I got home, I went back on it. Like I wasn't doing it for, for, for myself, I was doing it for them. And it wasn't until I was 19 then um, that I, I just, I was at a, the end of the, the, the rope. I was going to kill myself. And I just cried out for help. Mm-hmm. And I, I wanted a change. And, and I made a, you know, I need to change. And this is it. And here we are today. And I know you, you help with the uh, young people now. You help other young people now. And you're a father now. And you have your own family now. And you sound like a very good father. Many times I've spoken to you on the air. So you turned your life completely around. So it just goes to show you, it is possible, isn't it? Big but, time. If you're given a chance, and you take that chance, but I will, But possible. I will say, Peter, that from every people I've spoken to on the air over the last you know, 12 years, and I've spoken to you quite a number of times over the last 12 years, you yeah. are the exception rather than the rule. Yeah, but I was given a chance, Noel, and I took it. You know, and I, if I wasn't given that chance, I wouldn't be here talking to you today on radio. 
Okay, listen, I've got to take a break. Keep texting, keep WhatsApping. The number's 087-188-0008. Getting back to, I suppose, what we're really po- the point we're really making today is should we take a more soft-touch approach that if a person is an addict that they shouldn't be arrested, that they shouldn't be charged, and we should have a more sympathetic ear, I suppose, in relation to their addiction rather than charging them. So in other words, should we decriminalise? That's essentially what they're saying. They want to decriminalise Class A drugs. Is that a good idea? Or, as I would say... Does that send a green light out to young people that sure it's okay to take drugs? Let me know what you think. The number is 087-188-0008. All right, keep texting, keep WhatsApping. Number is 087-188-0008. We're talking about this suggestion uh, that we take a soft-touch approach to Class A drugs. And instead, basically what they're saying is, it's understood the Garda Sheikh and the government will consider the measures, as well as a full rollout of pilot Limerick programme that supports people who come to the attention of officers through a community hub. In other words, the recommendation is that the Garda get the powers to caution rather than charge people caught in possession of drugs if it's their own personal use. Now, I don't know what the definition of personal use is. I'm sure that's up to each individual guard to assess the situation and make sure it's not from its intent to supply. But it does sound like the same plan, and it, and they do mention that it's the same plan that they talked about earlier in the year when Aon O'Riordan was promoting the idea of a health-based approach, uh, you know, to drugs. In other words, that when you catch somebody, rather than putting them in jail, which is currently what the law says, by the way, for possession of drugs, that you don't do that. That you say to them, well, look, you know, we don't want to put you in jail, but here's, you know, why don't you go to this rehab centre here? And, you know, so you give them some advice, maybe, or you do nothing at all. Let me go to Andy. Andy, you're on Ireland's Classic Hits Radio. How are you doing, Andy? Good afternoon, Niall. How are you? Um, I, just, I listen to your show all the time and I do respect your views. And uh, just to say... Andy, that ju- just, stop, just stop for a second. Your line is very weird. It sounds like you're a robot. Are you on a speaker or something? Or No, I went off speaker. Um, okay. I was on a speaker. Well, okay, well, on. put it back on speaker and see what happens. Is it any better? It sounds okay. like you're a robot. Uh, how's that now? It's a bit better, actually. Yeah, go on. Wow, that's weird. Okay. Okay, now, first of all, I respect your views and I, I, I think you're fair. Um, well, in relation to, I don't think they're talking about, uh, like, your last caller there, um, ounces and stuff like that. I don't think that they're, they're talking about somebody, say, who's prolific, mm-hmm. you know, um, and who would have a large amount of drugs and they would, um, I, I don't think they're talking about it. I think they're talking about... 50, 60, maybe, you know, 70 quid, maybe up to 100 quid or something like that. Yeah, for personal possession, yeah. Yeah, and I think they're talking about, I would imagine, I could be wrong, you know, but I I would imagine they're talking about first-time offenders as well. Yeah, but I, I, okay. I think what we're what we're genuinely referring is to people who end up with issues, who end up on the street, who end up walking up and down the boardwalk, who end up, you know. The, I think it's those the people who have mental health issues who have addictions. I, I'm assuming that's mainly what they're referring to. Yeah, and generally those types of people only have small quantities on the money bed because they can't afford large amounts of, uh, of, of drugs to be, you know, because of their addiction, basically. So. And I, by the way, I have no issue. There's, no, I mean, there's no point in you know throwing Jana or Mary into jail who's on the boardwalk banging up, right? There's no point. It's a waste of jail space, and there's a better way of dealing with that situation. But before we get to that point, we have to send a strong message out, which is my thinking on it, that drugs are bad. And if you're saying there's no stigma to it, or we should take away the word junkie, and we should take away the stigma to drugs, I'm not saying you're saying it, but if the state's saying it, and we have a softer approach towards it. Well, then, where's the discouragement for young people to not want to go down that route? Well, I, I think education, um, and the guys do um, go into certain schools and educate people, and um, drug um, counsellors do go in and educate people. I mean, 
they used to have a thing when you went to the ODS on the, um, I think it was in March, the spring show. And when you went in there, the first thing that hit you was a huge Gardaí Chicago sign and a mm-hmm. Gardaí there with. Oh, I, I, yes, I do remember the stand. And I tell you what, Andy, because people are even texting in about it, you do sound like Darth Vader because of what your line is dodgy. I'm going to get Ruth to ring you back, right? So please just hang up your phone there and stand by. Ruth will ring you back and we'll see if we can get a better line. Maybe there's just gremlins in the phone line there for some reason. Let me go to Simon as well. Simon, you're in Ireland's Classic Hits Radio. How are you doing, Simon? Uh, good afternoon, Niall. How are you doing? Good. Now, are you for or against the idea of decriminalising? Ah, that's really, that's really hard question because... Decriminalization will definitely open so many doors, so many that you know unintended consequences. Yeah. that's what I'm. That's what I'm afraid of. Okay, and what what do you believe those unintended consequences oh, of taking a, a health based approach to drugs would be? Yeah, healthy based approach. That's the good. That's like body. But that's what that, that's the word they use. That it means yeah. decriminalization. It's the same thing. Yeah, but that's like body positivity. Well, you know, it, it is what it is. Accept it. Yeah. Mm. Stigmatizing, still. Uh, but you do remember the times when somebody said, "Oh, you're a junkie," and said, "Will the parents will show you with the finger? Look at the man over there. You don't want to end up like him." And I think, although it is, do you have a, an do you have an issue with the word junkie? By the way, no, absolutely, because not. some politicians do, and they believe absolutely that we shouldn't no. use that word because it stigmatizes people. Absolutely no, there is nothing. I don't have an issue with it. I have nothing wrong with that. I don't see anything mm. kind of a. Okay, so 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 you you think that there's there's two prongs to this? That if you go down this route, it could be a dangerous route to go down. No, just a second. Listen, I'm just going to try to uh, turn the right and just go last. Okay, we've lost you there too, Andy. You're on Ireland's classic hits again. Sorry. Hopefully, your line is better, Andy. It is much better, I believe. Oh, it is. That's so much. You sounded like Darth Vader earlier on there. People were texting in and saying, you get Darth Vader off the air. Yeah, that's okay. Okay. Um, Sorry, I lost Simon there. I don't know what he was doing. He was distracted by something anyway. um, So getting back to what you were saying, and I I do understand the point you're making, uh, and you're kind of disagreeing with my view on it, but lately there's this this idea that we should be some more accepting of drugs and not to call people junkies because it stigmatises them and all of this kind of agenda constantly all the time and it goes against everything we learned as children. Well, Niall, I just have to say if you went to the uh, court number eight which is where they deal with these minor uh, offences as they call them there's a lot of them. The guards do prosecute and the guards prosecute people even for first time and they go before the courts, and then the judge. Now, that's, okay, I agree with one thing. It costs an absolute fortune, because some of these cases can drag on for oh, yeah. months. Months, By yeah. the time they get probation report, uh, psychological report, and if, every, I think every time a solicitor appears, it's 150 euro. So he could appear 10 times. And then the court will decide. Now, I'd say seven times out of 10, the judge won't, impose a conviction for a first time. No, not, not unless there's 20 or 30 convictions already and it no, involves theft no, and all no, sorts of things. No. But, 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 but I mean, well, 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 Andy, we're essentially, well, what they're asking for, we're essentially doing at the moment anyway. And all they're doing is kind of giving the green light for the guards to continue doing what they're doing, which is ignore the law. Because if you, as I yeah. said already, you walk into town, there's junkies all over the place or drug users all over the place. To, I, and no, and nobody's shocking. doing nothing about it. It's shocking. I, I, I agree with you. I mean, I, I, I don't go into town very often, but I went in there a couple of weeks ago and I thought it was 
in, I was driving into a car park one day. There was, there was a, I got out my car to go over to the ticket machine or whatever, and there was a couple sitting on the floor. And he was yeah. holding on to some belt around yeah. her arm and she was sticking a needle in herself. In the middle of the foyer yeah, of the car park. Yeah, I've seen that. I mean, I've witnessed this. Yeah. It's horrible to see. But at the end of the day, um, and they do have uh, uh, the, what, the, the drug centre down by, um, I was passing the, the WG uh, council offices there. They oh, this Merchant Key, yeah, yeah. yeah. Merchant Key, yeah. And oh. they do a good job in all fairness there. But at the end of the day, I think that they can't cope. So what they're saying is, look, um, we need more resources. We need this, that, and the other. I'm sure, and, I'm sure everybody um, needs more resources and more money. There's I, a limit to what you can throw at it, you know. I know, yeah. I know, Niall, you know. But at the, you're punishing, you're punishing the small guy, and, and this is the problem there. So, yeah, no, I get um, you, I get you. And and no matter what, and and you know what, one of your callers said something there uh, earlier on in relation to professionals. You're not going to believe this. Solicitors, barristers, and judges are at it as well. Oh, and, and politicians as well. I, I, I would love every politician to take a drugs test tomorrow. I bet you they wouldn't. I mean that, they, <laughs> that they should be stigmatised as well. Oh, um, yeah. Well, look, you, you know, know, media as well. Sure, we all remember, of course, Jerry Ryan, uh, rest in peace. Of course. Yeah, yeah, I used to listen to him all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. great broadcaster, but little did we know that he was snorting cocaine constantly all the time. No. No, but then again, I mean, I've never taken drugs in my, in, my, in my life and I have no intentions, but nobody knows what's going on there. Absolutely. Listen, I've got to go to a break. Thank you very much indeed, Andy. Keep texting, keep WhatsApping. The numbers is 087-188-0008. James, good afternoon to you. You're on Ireland's Classic Kids Radio. How are you doing? James, thanks so much. I'm doing great. Thanks for calling back. Um, um, I just rang in, to, in relation to one of the questions you were asking about the adult caution. Um, I work in the system, and just to let you know, if someone is going down a column street, gets stopped by the guards, um, they get arrested and brought back to a station in order to get an adult caution, and the drugs are taken from them. Now, they're then kicked out the door, but if they're caught later on that day with the same amount of drugs, they're then arrested and charged. So an adult caution is a once-off matter, and you're still brought into a station. You know what I mean? So it's still... A lot of time wasting for guards now, and if you're going back out and getting drugs the next day, you're still going to get arrested and, and get but, but, put before the courts. But I mean, the approach currently at the moment it seems to be, uh, and maybe I'm wrong, but it seems to be what everybody else tells me as well, in relation to drugs. Saying, and I can only talk about Dublin City because I live in Dublin, but I'm sure that the issue is the same in Cork, Limerick, and Galway as well. Is that the guards tend to ignore it? So when they see people, you know, at the side of the road you know, taking drugs or they see, I mean, we've seen open dealing on the boardwalk and, and O'Connell Street, that it's technically just ignored because it's just too much trouble. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I think a lot of the problem is there's not enough guards, there's not enough beds, there's not enough cells. And I think when when someone goes before the courts and they have hundreds, and I'm not exaggerating here, hundreds of convictions, mm-hmm. and they're not getting locked up, you know, the guards looking at this is this is a waste of time. I'll go and I'm going to look for the guy who's doing the assault or who's robbing somebody or, you know, I, I mean, mean we both go, go hand in hand. hand. I mean, drugs and other crimes, petty crimes go hand in hand anyway, don't they? Generally speaking. Yeah, drugs and a crime just goes hand in hand. But I don't think they have the numbers. Um, what's the, an- what's the answer, James? There's two ways of dealing with this. And I've said this a million times. We've a law there, and the law clearly states Class A drugs are illegal, right? Possession of or for resale, right? Are illegal. It's illegal. So we've two ways of approaching it. We arrest people, and we actually throw them in a cell, 
or we, we build another prison. I don't know what we need to do to make up spaces. And we put people in a cell for 30 days or whatever it is, right? They like to do in America, right? Or we ignore it and have a softer approach whereby we have a genuine approach whereby we, we start, you know, investing money into people who are, you know, encouraging people into rehab when they're caught and not actually charging them at all. So which which is going to work better? Well, the first one can't work in Ireland because it's illegal because you can't just throw somebody in the cell for 30 days. Well, well, I, when you, no, you know what I mean. Go before a judge, whatever. Yes, they have to, have, but like, they don't have the places to do that. Now, one of the things I, I know is America has a system called uh, roll-up. So if they stop someone who has drugs, um, they have an option that if they give up the person that sold it to them, that uh, they get released um, and okay. they don't get charged. And then they go after the person that, and you roll, it, you roll it back up the ladder until you get the big dealer. Okay, well, do me a favor, just stay there because I've only got a minute and a half left and I need to go to Patrick as well. Patrick, you're on Ireland's Classic Kids Radio. You've been listening to what James is saying. Um, some good suggestions there. Patrick, what do you think the right answer is? Yeah, how you doing? Uh, happy Friday to you. Happy um, Friday to you too. Yeah, thanks for taking the call. Um, well, ideally I would think, you know, um, people, these, these guys being caught with, with small amounts of drug for personal possession, it's fine. But there's a bigger issue at hand here with, you know, why are these people using drugs and then the stigma that's attached to these people who become addicted? Because fundamentally, Niall, the drugs, Technically, the drugs are not addictive, and and the people who do become fully addictive, it's normally based from a. There's always a trauma rooted at the back end of it. Yeah, there's a social and issue. Yes, there, there's a social issue and a, and a big trauma, and that needs to be addressed even in schools, primary school, coming right up through the whole system where these people can go and and talk about this stuff, and and it's a big mental health issue that's attached to it. Also, I do agree with everything you've said, apart from the fact you said that there shouldn't be a stigma. If there was no stigma attached to, you know, addictions, be it drinking, smoking, drugs, whatever it is, sure, everybody would just do it. Yeah, that's true. But a lot of people are looking at these people they're walking down a college street and that. And it is horrific to see to see the addiction and the drug dealing on the street. And they're looking at these people and they're mm. like, goddamn junkies, look at the face of them and so on and so forth. Rather than looking at them with, with, a, with a, a compassionate set of eyes and saying... But it's hard, to, it's hard for people to look at compassion when they know these individuals will rob your phone or rob your wallet. A lot, a lot of them, not all of them, right? True. But, but okay, just before I, I go into the break, the final thing I'll say to both of you, for, we had a situation in Ireland and the world where 85 to 90% of people smoke cigarettes, right? Which cause lung cancer and can kill you. We educated people for 20 years. We made a, a it was a, there's a stigma now to smoking. You don't smoke in front of people because they get pissed off about it. So we, we set up this stigma and we, we, we made people who, who were smokers like social pariahs. Look now, we have a situation where only thirty percent of the population smoke. So it, all the kids, all the kids are vaping today. Don't well, but yes, but the numbers of people smoking have gone down, or vaping, right. whatever you want to call it, right? Whatever, whatever they're doing, the numbers of nicotine addicts has dropped drastically in twenty years through education. Absolutely, absolutely, uh, and if people are and if people are, are steered away from the prison system, where they're put into uh, into therapy day programs, treatment, and they're educated about illness or the disease that they suffer from and there mm. is services there to provide them to talk because it's all fundamentally trauma-based. Absolutely. Listen, lads, I'm sorry you had to cut you a bit short there, but thank you, James. Thank you, Patrick, as well. Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Ireland's classic.